0: What it mean me. Don't make that history. I got a couple scholars to the left of
1: me Welcome to GWSB Proud, a podcast all about why are you proud of GWSB? My name is Liesl Riddle and I am the Associate Dean for Graduate Programs here at George Washington University School of Business. And I have the great pleasure of sitting down with GW alumni, faculty, staff, and students to hear why they are GWSB Proud. Welcome to GWSB Proud today. I'm excited uh, that we have uh, our executive director for our career center in the studio today, Mark Strassman. Welcome to the podcast, Mark.
0: Thank you, Liesl. Thanks for having me. I'm very much looking forward to sharing all we do in our Career Center. We're very proud of our our abilities and our talent that we we bring to the table.
1: is a really special thing that we have here in the School of Business. We actually have our own embedded Career Center that's just for School of Business students, both grad and undergrad Um, It's a really special thing. Not every business school has um, that sort of special focused career center. Can you talk to us a little bit about who is your team and what are the kinds of things that they do? Why is it beneficial for a business school to have its very own career center?
0: Yeah, uh, we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have a a very, very talented team where many career centers, general career centers of universities typically have, coaches and, and talent from all kinds of blocks where in a, in, a, in a business school and in a career center like ours, we try to take people from industry to come be our coaches and people from industry to go and be our employer development consultants because they talk the talk that gets them in the front door and helps them understand where the student's coming from because they were once that student or where an employer is coming from because they wanted to hire that kind of student. So that's the that's the first differentiator is that business school at least our business school Fowler Center Career Center uh, is is employing people from the business world from industry and that helps tremendously. Um, our team is made up of of quite a quite an interesting grouping of professionals. First and foremost, uh, we call them senior career consultants. They're the ones that a student would do their, their career coaching appointments with. Um, and um, hopefully they'll have a chance for me to go into a little bit of detail later about the, the seven steps of our career action plan that, that every student is introduced to and walked through with our coaches. So every student knows before they even walk in the front door, what can I expect from a coaching appointment? What can I expect from the career center? So the, the career action plan is, is a centerpiece of those coaching appointments. Uh, We also have a team of employer development consultants. We call them EDCs for short. And these EDCs spend their time basically opening doors. So we can't guarantee a student a job. We can't even guarantee a student an interview. But what we can guarantee a student is that through the coaching appointments, they will be able to visualize what it is they want to do in their career and be as properly prepared for that interview opportunity if and when they get it than they could possibly be. So they never have to look over their shoulder and say, oh, I could have done this better, or I could have reviewed that better, or I didn't know a case interview looked like this. It's all about the preparation. Our employer development consultants, again, can't guarantee they can get you a job at Facebook or Google, but it's their job to pave the way to just slightly open that crack of the door with alumni and with other connections that we have in the community And then as we get closer to the finish line for internships and and, uh, upon graduation, staring us in the face, those EDCs, those employer development consultants who are the employer facing and the coaches who are student facing get together and work student by student one on one to try to find them the opportunity for that internship or that that full-time employment. So it's really quite a robust series of services um, that is a little bit like a Um, uh, a search firm which is where my background comes from it's very outcomes driven it's not just about oh sure we'll help you with your resume or your cover letter it's about outcomes it's about getting you properly prepared and in front of the right audiences and then of course we have our our program uh, departments where we have our communities of practice which is experiential learning I know there's a whole podcast on that so I won't go into much detail but we are, um, we are in our third year of communities of practice of consulting, experiential learning to teach students about what consulting looks like, sounds like. It's a very, very broad range of uh, opportunities within consulting, so we try to clarify that a little bit. And we're uh, in the pilot process of our communities of practice of finance, Wall Street, and other finance opportunities. And uh, hopefully this fall, we'll pilot and begin to, uh, to set up our... Um, our Center of Excellence uh, COP with the work we're doing with uh, Department of Homeland Security and that MBA program. So it's quite a team. It sounds huge. It's not. Uh, it's a, but it is a nice sized team with lots of different skills.
1: You know, Mark, a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are actually GWSB alums. And what they may not realize is that you've done some really amazing uh, redesign, physical redesign of the space. Because of course the, the, the career center is actually embedded in the school of business on the fifth floor, right across from uh, where the graduate program's office is. So it's the fifth floor is really this nice little community um, spot for, uh, for graduate students and a lounge there and so on. But tell us, a little bit about, share a little bit about what was sort of your thought process behind that redesign? Because you, you did a lot of things, I think, with that redesign that were intentional.
0: Yeah, it, intentional it was. COVID, COVID robbed us from the opportunity to watch it <laughs> can work. We were, we were out of the space for three months, as you know, and spread out all over the building. We moved in very happily for three whole days before we, uh, we got cast out to, the, uh, to our homes and in our virtual world. Um, but before I go into our build out of our space, you, you counsel went over something, the, the grad lounge, which yeah. is this communal space that is in between the grad programs office on one side of the fifth floor and the Fowler Career Center on the other side of the fifth floor. And you can't get from one side to the other without basically being intercepted by someone hanging out in the grad lounge. And it is it is the thing I miss the most since we've oh been yeah virtually. Just to be able to, to meet the students where they live, for example, and, and they're hanging out, whether it's they're eating lunch or they're studying in between classes, it is, it is an environment that can't be replaced in any kind of virtual environment, mm-hmm. even in any kind of one-on-one session, just kind of being there in groups and understanding the cohort is, is just been, um, that, as I said, that's the thing that I miss the most. Uh, can't wait to get back to it. But in our space, um, when I came to the career center a couple of years ago, now it's hard to believe it's been two years, but uh, it is. Uh, <laughs> it was a very closed-off space. Everybody had offices, and the interviews you could you could basically be a student, be seen by a career coach, and never see anybody else, interact with anybody else. It was um, very isolated. And what I've come to learn is that coach A lives in a vacuum in that type of environment where if they're sitting next to coach B and employer development consultant A, there's collaboration that takes place and there's conversation that goes on. And it's like, oh, I hope we heard you talking to the student who's interested in cybersecurity. Well, I just had a meeting with a cybersecurity company. And all of a sudden conversation takes place as opposed to just being locked in this interior office with four walls. So we literally tore the, thank you for donors. Uh, we literally tore down the, the, um, the career center down to the girders. And we took out almost all the walls. We still have private space, of course, for interviewing processes to make sure that anything of confidence is, remains in confidence. But you can't get to those interview offices without passing through where the EDCs sit and talk, where our program coordinators sit and talk where all the other coaches sit and talk. And just as importantly as seeing and hearing what's going on in the Career Center, our career coaches and our EDCs are in pods. They're out in the open in this collaborative space with with standing desks, which are both ergonomically Mm -hmm. wonderful, but also were designed so we could just stand at our desks and talk and collaborate and share information. So it really did create this open environment um, that we really can't wait to, uh, to get to, and put it to use, to, to watch it work and to share ideas. And then the last piece that we did that I think was uh, uniquely important as well is we took uh, some internal offices and we converted them to collaborative space. So where most coaching appointments are one-on-one, we've come to realize that many students have similar issues, similar things that need to be discussed. And it becomes so much more of a robust conversation when there's three or four students and one or two coaches. So we've created this collaborative space, soft furniture as opposed to a desk and two chairs for visitors, but something that's movable and the ability to create community and have a conversation. Uh, And then of course our crown jewel, we've created a conference room for ourselves, which we've never had before, uh, with all the technology and all the bells and whistles to be able to do a lot of the virtual things that we're doing now, Um, but in a uh, a more professional environment and and, uh, with high-end technology. So, yeah, it was a very thoughtful process. It's all about collaboration. Uh, It's all about being out there in the open and being able to have conversation that wouldn't have taken place if you were just stuck in an office with your coach and then moved on to other things in your day.
1: Well, earlier when you were talking about uh, what your coaches do – you said the famous phrase, career action plan. You know, I just kind of joke around you, Mark, that your sort of middle name is this phrase, right? Mark, career action plan, Strassman. So tell us why you're uh, why you develop this, what it is and why it's really so important for our students.
0: Oh, yeah, I could talk hours, which I don't think everybody <laughs> wants to hear about my career action plan and the concept. Um, when I, when I came to the Career Center, I interviewed, um, a nice cross-section of students, undergrads, specialized masters, um, MBAs from part-time MBAs to online MBAs to the global MBAs, really a a good cross-section of, of students from different cohorts. And, and a similar message came through. And these were people who some used the Career Center, some did not. And, and a, a, a message, a similar message came through from all of them, which was, you know, I don't really know what the Career Center can do for me. You know, I, I can do my own resume. I'm confident. I've worked before. Uh, I'm just not really sure what the need is, you know, to come find you guys. Or, no, I use the Career Center. And, you know, they, they did a great job with, you know, this mock interview I needed. But nobody fully understood, nobody fully understood or had the same definition of what a Career Center can do for them. So we set about putting in place this career action plan, which are seven steps that we believe each and every one of these steps are important for every student from career switchers who are going from something that they've done for the bulk of their career to something that they're trying to envision that they've never done before to people who are just trying to better themselves in their organization to undergrads who are just trying to figure it out for the first time. So we built the seven steps that build on one another And we start with the the self-assessment and the visioning, the the questioning around really what do I want to do? What skills do I have that I want to put into place? What's going to get me out of bed in the morning, get me excited about my career? And we spend quite a bit of time in the intake and the first series of, of conversations and coaching sessions envisioning what it is the student wants to do. Then we enter the research phase where we try to figure out, okay, now know what you want to do. Where do we find that? Is that in a big company, a small company, a multinational company, and only a domestic company? What is that job title called? What does the progression look like? And we give the student a sense of, okay, this is where you want to commit. This is where we find it, and this is what your career path will look like. And it's our feeling that it's only then that we can truly refine the resume and cover letter. Now, all students are going to work very early on the resume and the cover letter because some of these job fairs and career fairs happen so early in semesters, we wanna be ready. But as you start doing this research and this visioning, your resume and your cover letter will go from generic to specific. So we do a lot of work around crafting something that tells your story in the cover letter, talks about your passions, talk about what you wanna do. And then the resume that obviously is the, the A's and C's and the construct of representing the careers experiences that you've had before. And then we transition into the personal brand and reputation building, the LinkedIn's of the world, the social networking, to give you a sense of what you're going to look like to the audience that you don't know is looking. Uh, The personal brand is very important. Once we feel good about the personal brand, then and only then can we start working on building our network and developing our network. And that includes alumni, that includes employers, mock interviews. These are all people, your cohort itself. The students you sit next to, this is the most important time, the beginnings of building your professional network that will be with you for your entire career and beyond. And then we take that network, we show you how to build it, we show you how to use it. We teach you how to network, which is a little different than building the network. Actual networking uh, is something we find to be very important. And once we go back to non-virtual and actually shake hands again, um, the skill of networking is very important. And then, of course, the interview preparation and mock interviews and rehearsals and case interviews. If uh, We do our job really well managing the offer process. Uh, you'll be surprised how many students get multiple offers. And it can be a very anxiety-ridden process. When you, you have deadlines to meet, you've got to give an answer, and, and, and it, it, affects your, it affects your life. You know, you need to make some decisions. So we look to do all this as a part of the career action plan. I know that sounds like a lot. Um, to conquer. But the idea is to give it an organized thought process that builds from one another. And, you know, that's the career action plan.
1: Well, you mentioned this networking piece. That's one of the things I think that is so very valuable about the work that you and your team do. You know, how do you build relationships with these employers? How do you leverage our alumni network that is so vast inside D.C., but really around the world to really help uh, mentor and uh, give advice to our students?
0: We work very closely with the Development and Alumni Relations Department. That is, that is kind of step one. They are the gatekeeper to the history uh, of GWSB. And then, of course, they'll, they'll go beyond even those walls to uh, GW, the university as a whole. And one of the things that I was just so amazingly surprised by pleasantly um, was how helpful our GWSB alumni are. Just incredible from from across the country, across the globe. um, And it's not just executive director of the Career Center, sure, I'll talk to you. We introduce our students or we teach our students how to introduce themselves. And I'd say, 85 to 90% success rate in terms of getting a response, getting, even if it's just an, intermit, an email interaction, a positive flow. So we we work with the students and, and, and teach them all sorts of skills, lifelong skills, how to use LinkedIn, how to connect, um, how to make the appropriate ask. I think that's probably the most eye-opening piece for students is, okay, so they connected with me, now what do I do? And it's, a, it's, a, it's an art, not a science, how you do it. Um, but you know, if you go to LinkedIn, I think there's 170,000 self-identified GW alums. And with the click of three buttons, we can teach you how to connect with, of those 170,000, the ones in the industry you're interested in, the ones in the geographic region you're interested in. It's, it's a very, it's a skill, and it's one that will last you a lifetime and build your career. Um, But it takes a village, you know, it it takes the coaches and the EDCs, and it takes development and alumni relations, it takes the faculty, it takes administration, everybody knows somebody. And that's the piece that's important, is knowing that you always want to ask the question and look to get introduced to somebody else. So again, we work very hard in building that network. Um, And the best thing I could say, or in, in the short answer, it's we have wonderful alumni unbelievably giving.
1: So if one of our wonderful alumni is listening to this and they're thinking, I'd really like to do something with the Career Center um, to help the next generation of students, what are some of the activities that they could participate in and how would they get started?
0: Oh, that's almost as much fun for me to talk about as the uh, career action plan. <laughs> um, you know, we, we again, working very much with uh, the with with the alumni relations group, we get introduced to, to alums. They do an amazing job of, of embracing uh, alums that haven't been engaged in years. And, and you, want, you only get one shot to make a first impression. And they're trying really hard to, to rebuild some bridges. So that's not a first impression. They're trying to, to get that second shot at it. And when they hand that relationship over to us, we have to succeed. So I tell them all the time, if you, if you bring a, a, an alum that is interested in giving back, I will find something for them to do. And I haven't failed yet. So what are those things? First and foremost is mentoring. We, we cannot get enough mentors. Um, it is probably the greatest gift we can give our students is the opportunity to talk to someone who sat in your seat in a lecture hall, who understands what the faculty is talking about, but more importantly, has navigated the employment world in a career that's the same interest level as a student has as a GW alumni. And a GW alum is a little bit different than a a University of Virginia alum or a Harvard alum or a Cal Berkeley alum. Everybody has their own story to tell. And because they've lived the life that our students are living, it's, it's a great mentoring approach. So yes, it's about the industry they're in, but it's also about the world from which they came from. That, that makes it so personal and so important. So we we just line up mentors as quickly as we can get them. We find students to mentor. Um, we also have our communities of practice program, which we've talked about, which is a power user mentoring. That's pr- probably the, the crown jewel, that and the pro bono project of our communities of practice. So so mentoring is is really huge. Uh, we also do a tremendous amount of industry roundtables, whether it be with, with you know, through the grad programs or whether it's the undergrad programs, um, you know, every, every piece of our student cohort uh, universe has a need for understanding what an industry makeup looks like. So with that, again, it takes a number of mentors and, and alums to tell a story of an industry. You can't have one person telling it because even if you were to get somebody from Hilton and somebody from Marriott to talk about the hospitality industry, it would sound completely different how those organizations are structured. So we have roundtables, industry roundtables. We have um, Career Week where we have panels of, of uh, industry experts. So we can always find an opportunity for a speaker, you know, to come if they don't have the the time or the bandwidth to be mentoring on a continual basis. You know, maybe once a semester or twice a semester, we bring them in to be a, a speaker as a part of the panel, and then. Probably my favorite program is we've developed the uh, executives in residence program, and it's not quite as as big a a lift as it sounds, Um, but we work with executives, and an executive is really in our minds somebody who who is five, seven, ten years or above. Uh, We've even had some that we've worked with in startups that are less than that, but it's an opportunity to introduce someone who has built some success for themselves in their careers. in in a plethora of industries and they allow for one-on-one opportunities with students who need a safe haven. For example, if you want to, if you think you want to be on on Wall Street, just for the sake of argument, you can't get the interview and then start out with the question of, so tell me, what is life on Wall Street like? You know, you need to have those answers when you're in an interview. You need to be prepared. You need to be so buttoned up. But we needed more opportunities of safe havens. We needed to give a place where student who may think they want to be in wall street or maybe not be able to ask that that question that may sound like a dumb question or an uneducated question to some but really all it is is exploration so we we continue to grow our executive in residence program people who want to help students answer the questions for the first time and this past semester um, we had 24 in the fall semester we had 22 So we ended up with almost 50 executives, which had over 250 independent student one-on-one opportunities that I think every every one of our mentors certainly were just in love with the concept. And most of our students I think were in love with it. Some of them felt like, darn, I wasted my one opportunity for a one-on-one with X and I really shouldn't have, I should have gone to Y, but um, it's incredible. And, And the more execs I can get enrolled in this, I think the happier the students will be. So there's just countless ideas. And the first question I ask when I meet an alum is, what would you like to do? Because I don't want to live just in my vacuum, my imagination. Uh, We've gotten some of our best ideas from alums saying, well, if I had my druthers, I would do X. So by all means, we're open to new ideas to get engaged.
1: Well, I tell you, Mark, you've just done such fabulous work in such a short period of time. You have a great team. You've got a great space that we hope to all be back in uh, soon. And you've really created, I think, a very vibrant web of networks with our alums, with our Dean's Corporate Council, with local employers and really international employers, and most importantly, our students. So we're so grateful for... Uh, all of your creativity and hard work and I really appreciate you joining me in the podcast studio today.
0: Well it's my pleasure. I, I hope I uh, I get another opportunity to talk again and and look forward to uh, to doing these kinds of things in person. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Tita, what do you mean to me
1: that's all for this episode thanks for listening today shout out for music credit to plantain poppy also known as michael ferrier gw class of 2020 see you next time to learn more ways we are gwsb proud
0: Shaking the neighbors when the team come through. Had the hell to the buff, hell to the blue. Shaking the naples when the team come through, come through. Cheetah. Cheetah. what it mean to me? They mean? Capital, don't want to make that history. Yeah. I got a couple scholars to the left of me. Blue. Buff and blue, so you know they need not to for me.